We can protect you from the added fees and negotiate your tax liability. Superior Tax Relief can set you free from your tax issues. Call Superior Tax Relief to find out how you can qualify for the Fresh Start program that's now available. Don't hesitate. Call today. Call 800-696-2140. The consultation is free. The information is free. This call could save you thousands. Call 800-696-2140. 800-696-2140. That's 800-696-2140. Law Matters is paid for by Law Matters Nonprofit Organization. Opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily those of KVOI or its sponsors. Most people know that Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication with law enforcement, as well as create educational opportunities so we can be better, more informed citizens. For the last several months, all the news stations have been promoting a negative mindset towards the entire law enforcement community. I agree that some of the recent events are beyond egregious. However, those events do not represent the vast majority of the brave men and women who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We have a new segment we've been doing for the last several weeks, and we hope to continue it called Above and Beyond the Badge. We'd like to let people know what some of these officers do that they don't necessarily have to do, but we want to honor them and acknowledge them. On the phone, we have Special Agent in Charge, Sherry Oz. Sherry, can you hear me? Yes, good morning, Sherry. Good morning. I want to hear about your agents. What happened? So I have a great story to share. Um, it's actually, we, we nearly missed a tragedy. Uh, I want to talk about Special Agent Justin, Special Agent Tyler, and Task Force Officer Zach. This is about a month ago. They were serving a search warrant at a uh, mid-level dealer's house where there was fentanyl, methamphetamine, and uh, poly drugs in the house. They brought back some drugs to our DEA headquarters in Phoenix, and they uh, intended to process them the next day. The next day, Special Agent Justin and Task Force Officer Zach were down in the processing room, and when we process drugs, we also test it to ensure that it is, in fact, an illegal substance. And when Special Agent Justin opened a Tupperware container containing uh, some of these illegal substances and went to test it, he immediately started feeling not good. His thought process got really slow. He couldn't feel his hands. He had a hard time thinking, and he realized, oh my goodness, I think I've just been exposed to fentanyl. And so he turned to Task Force Officer Zach and asked him, hey, can you call 911? I'm not feeling well. Now, Special Agent Justin is a EMT. We have him cross-trained. So he had his bag with him, his EMT bag, uh, in the room that he was processing for just in case something like this would happen. So as uh, Task Force Officer Zach is getting the, the fire units rolling, Special Agent Justin is trying his best to self-administer Narcan. And because his fine motor skills were gone and he really had no control over his body or his thoughts, he actually broke the ampules and was not able to give himself the the medicine that would would save his life. So they called for Special Agent Tyler, who was right upstairs, and he is also an EMT, cross-trained. And he rushed down real quick and got more Narcan. 
and was able to give Special Agent Justin the Narcan, and then fire arrived on scene. Now, the firefighters, uh, they stayed with Special Agent Justin, as did all of the agents and task force officers, to ensure that he was safe and healthy and he recovered and the good news is that he did recover he went to the hospital and they they were able to um he never lost consciousness he was able to maintain consciousness and he survived what could have been a very tragic day oh absolutely then people don't realize you know the people who choose to do drugs you know they're playing russian roulette with their life but these people are the good guys, and they don't choose to do drugs. And that could have been very, had a very horrible ending. And I understand he has several children. Yes, Special Agent Justin is the father of six children, ranging in age from 17 to 19 months old. Oh, my gosh. So this is a man who has spent his entire life making the right choices, yeah. keeping his body clean, doing the right thing, staying in shape being involved in this community, being involved in this church, being involved with his children. He was former Border Patrol, and we were lucky enough to snag him to DEA. <laughs> he is the guy that everybody wants to work with. He's amazing. And this would have been a whole family that would have been devastated on something that, you know, we put ourselves at risk all the time. We're trying yes. to do the right thing. And this poison is, it doesn't, care who you are or what you have or what you don't have it is dangerous and poisonous for anyone who comes around it oh absolutely and in we sound like preachers here on the on the show so get off the drugs we have resources for you and you know just go to our website under agencies go to dea there's a whole list of resources to help you kick this habit and take control of your life so I, I appreciate you calling in, and I can't wait to meet these, these agents. And I'll be talking to you probably Monday about when we can uh, schedule something, okay? Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for telling the truth about what these guys do every day. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you. All right. Have a good morning. You too. Okay. Now... We have Chicago Police and Chicago Fire on the phone. We have Chicago Fire's Matt Perry, Chicago Police's David Olson. And I told you last week we were going to talk about how they're taking their job to the next level. So, <laughs> so Dave, are you there? Yes. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good morning to you. I've been really anxious about this show because I know you guys do something that most other law enforcement and fire firefighters don't do. I agree with that. <laughs> you, <laughs> We're a little bit different. You investigate the paranormal. Yes. <laughs> so and you're totally equipped. I, I went all through your website. I've listened to some of your, your podcasts, some of the, the links that you had posted. This is pretty remarkable. How, to begin with, how long have you been a uh, Chicago Police Department? I'm going to hit 30 years December 2nd. 30 years. Has your job with paranormal ever crossed the path of your job with the police department? No, to, to be honest, no. Um, no ghosts or stealing but, anything or using no, illegal you know, weapons? Been, <laughs> you know, there's been a few homicide scenes where I would have loved to 
to bring out some equipment to see if I could get some uh, answers, but no. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, actually, I, I keep that separate from the police. There, there's been locations I've been into, um, you know, from hospitals or abandoned hospitals or police stations that uh, it wasn't police related, but, um, you know, or I should say job related, but I got to go into you know, buildings because uh, the police, maybe a uh, trespasser broke in there and it's in an abandoned hospital and got to go around and you know once it was clear the only thing i you know had handy was maybe a cell phone or um where i could attempt to get some voices in there but uh, other than that no nothing's been uh nothing crosses crosses over matt matt how long have you been a firefighter uh it's been uh, 22 years and has has your job with paranormal investigation ever crossed the the job line uh, aside from, uh, kind of probably a psych patient recently that said he was being constantly pushed over by a ghost. Um, no, not really. Okay. Um, so you don't have yeah. paranormal out there starting fires either. No, that no, would be job not. security though. When you think about it. Yeah. It is rumored that the firehouse I'm in is actually haunted. Which uh, one are you in? It's at Foster and Western. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's rumored, you know, I've had. I've uh, talked to a lot of members that have had stories where they've seen shadows or been pushed or somebody sitting on their bed. I I actually thought maybe a couple of months ago that somebody sat on the edge of my bed and and had come into the room. So I like uh it's it's pretty interesting and and it's uh uh there there was a legend from geez, I thought it was from the 30s where a fireman uh had had Paris at a fire, and he actually said to, to his to the guys in the morning that you know today's going to be my last day. And uh, creepy. The yeah, yeah, and then um, so then his uh, he was looking out the window, I believe that day, and he put his handprint on the window, and the handprint had stayed there for quite a few years. They had special glazers come in, all kinds of you know specialists trying to figure out what why this handprint is still there from the day that he died. And then the company that he was on ended up being moved several times, but is now I'm actually assigned to that company that he was on when he, when he, when he perished. <laughs> there are so. no coincidences. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How did you two no. meet? Um, well, Dave was, uh, Dave was, I think, heading to his, uh, like a security job and he was actually driving the ambulance, uh, that's our command center. And I was out on the streets, uh, we were collecting for, you know, we were shaking the boot for, I think it was, uh, make a wish or burn camp for kids. I can't remember. I think it was burn camp. And, uh, Dave goes driving by and he's got this blue ambulance and he's got a police shirt on. And I'm like, well, what kind of unit is this? <laughs> You know, I'm thinking he's like a special uh, tech or something. I've never seen, uh, you know, it's a blue it looks ambulance. Like a squad. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, yeah, I'm like, so, you know, what? he goes, oh, no, no, I don't know if you, uh, you know, you believe this or not, but I'm a paranormal investigator. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and actually I was interested in it, never really did any investigating. Um, uh, just watched all the shows and I'm like, there's got to be something to this. Uh, I'm going to see for myself. Um, so we had like maybe a minute and a half to talk before the light turned green. Um, so 
so I then I looked up Dave when I got back to the firehouse and looked at all his stuff, and I contacted him, and I said, hey, you know, I'd really like to, you know, tag along on an investigation. And then, uh, yeah, I think within a few weeks, um, I was doing an investigation with the group. That's so. pretty remarkable, too. <laughs> so when you're looking, Dave, when you're looking for somebody to join your team, what are you looking for? How do you, it's, it's a volunteer thing, I'm assuming, right? Uh, correct, yeah. Okay, um, so what, what know, qualities are you looking for? Well, trustworthy, definitely, since uh, you know, the last thing I want is to get someone on a team that, you know, is a criminal. I mean, people trust me with their homes, their businesses, so I got to make sure, you know, if I don't trust them in my house, how am I going to trust them in someone else, you know, a stranger? So Absolutely. it's very important. Uh, yeah, that that means everything to me. You got to be, you know, clean record, trustworthy. Um, Not make stuff up. Right, yeah. No, let's say if you get caught faking something in, in this business, your, your history, you're gone. So your name will be out there. Um, but, yeah, that's very important to me where – it's got to be dependable, trustworthy, and we we keep the team small just for that sake. You know, um, if it's a bigger event, sometimes we could have add a few more extra people. You know, if it's an outdoor event or a large location. But once again, um, I just can't have someone off the street come in and you know I, I don't want to lose my job or get suspended. And same thing with Matt. You know, with uh, because you had you know, a bad so, actor involved. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, we got to be very cautious, uh, you know, when it comes to that. Okay. Do you ever go outside of Cook County? Oh, yes. Yeah. We travel Wisconsin, Indiana. Um, I have been uh, on a case in Iowa. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll travel around. Oh, you get around. Have you ever been to Arizona? No, but I want to. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been on vacation, and hopefully maybe when I... Close to retirement, uh, I'm going to look into purchasing a place out there to live. But, uh, but no, I haven't handled a case out there yet. But I, I I can see you driving your ambulance cross country to Arizona to investigate, you know, haunted locations, and we've got quite a few. Oh, yeah. There's uh, a gentleman that I, that's a paranormal investigator. He lives out in Arizona. He actually, we were. We had someone that was sponsoring us and trying to make a show. And I, I remember uh, he's been on TV a couple times, uh, Kale Kelly, but he lives out in Arizona. And a very good investigator. Maybe you guys can yeah, join forces. Days, like, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, I'll be one of these days, especially if I move out there. Okay. I want to hear about some of my questions i've i've experienced things that you know i have no explanation for so i i give that portion of it a healthy respect so i'm not going to say ghosts and spirits don't exist have you ever had somebody you know go say talk to you about why they're still hanging around instead of going to the other side no you know what i i honestly haven't yet i i don't know i don't know why i mean those say their name sometimes and other information but i don't know if there's like a, a code in the spirit world you can't break that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't we, talk to law enforcement know, they, we, we never get an answer for that you know for some reason do they ever explain how they died 
You know what? Um, there's a case, now that you mentioned it, I, I remember um, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's the Brumder Mansion, and uh, it's an excellent place to investigate. It's, it's actually a bed and breakfast. It's a very nice place. But we had a psychic medium walk through. Like Susan Rowland, it wasn't Susan Rowland like you had on your show a few weeks ago, but it was a lady with the same type of abilities. Okay. So she did a walkthrough, and um, <clears throat> she says there's a female spirit in this bathroom. She doesn't want to talk to men at all, only females. But she goes, she died, uh, I think her name was Evelyn, if I recall, and she died of illegal abortion. So we had a female investigator go in there. We stayed back, had all the equipment rolling from digital voice recorders, uh, camcorders, night vision, DVR cameras. And so the, uh, the lady was starting to, the female investigator was asking questions. And we got a voice, a female voice saying, yes, Evelyn, yes, illegal abortion, and how she died. Wow. Wow. That's, ooh. So, so it shows that, and I, I couldn't find any, uh, you know, I did research. I couldn't find anything documented on that. So I don't know, you know, I, I know this psychic medium had no idea. I couldn't find any information on that at all. But it was uh, validated, you know, through this voice. Yes, there's a female in there. Yes, she died. Her name was Evelyn. Yes, she died of an illegal abortion. Well, I wonder how old she was. They, that not know. that it matters, right? I know, you know, I'm from Chicago, so I know a lot of the myths and the folklore. Have you ever debunked any myths or folklore? Uh, How no, about Resurrection no. Mary? Is she still running around? So, you know, supposedly, but, uh, you know, I to be honest, that, that one is so famous, I really never, uh, I really never attempted to investigate there. How about the Biograph Theater where Dillinger was shot? I would have loved to. I, I've never <laughs> got in there. I've been around the area, but I never got the opportunity to investigate that theater. Oh, I'm going to give you a to-do list. How about the St. <laughs> Valentine's Day Massacre? Did you go in that area? Yeah, I've been in that area. Uh, that was basically just through a, a tour they were giving. But, uh, yeah, I've never caught any evidence from there. But, you know, it was kind of neat. I investigated a location uh, Matt was there too. That had to do with the St. Valentine's Massacre. There's a uh, there's an old school that's torn down on uh, near North. And uh, uh, what happened there led into the reason why the St. Matt St. Valentine's Massacre occurred. But that high school that was right in uh, the Caprini Green area, and. Uh, that, that uh, once it was abandoned, the fire department and uh, police department got to use it for training, like type of SWAT training and, you know, uh, stuff like that. And I think the fire department used it, their pool for diving, correct? Uh, yeah, the diving. And then uh, we also did uh, the, like, active shooter. Active shooter yeah, training. The active shooter, so. that's correct. Yeah. But, I yeah, thought they yeah, tore down Cabrini Green. That was, uh, it was near Clybourne and North Avenue. Right. Yeah. yeah the complex? Was... I'm sorry? The public housing complex that was there? My husband was shot there. So I, I know that oh. <laughs> it was not a good good area to be in. But I, no, I thought they actually area. tore down the building. 
Yeah, they yeah, did. They're yeah. all gone. Yeah, they're all gone. Yeah, they're all okay. Gone. This was a high school that was uh, kind of across the street from there. The other, I guess it would be that would be north of uh, Clybourne. Okay, the school there. And years ago, it used to be uh, distillery. Uh, it used to be you know back in the bootlegging days. It used to. <laughs> I, th- I think it was uh, yeah. Sab- was it Sabian, if I recall. Oh. It was yeah. It was, it was, it was a brewery. Now I can't think of the name. It was a German German name, um, but I think it was bought by. Uh, I thought Capone bought that one. Yeah, there was a I, I think, that happened. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think I have some information on that sitting on my desk here. Yeah, Capone bought that, and I think um, the uh, Irish mob set up a a raid. I believe. Yeah, if, if yeah, I recall, I, I think one of the uh, main guys sold his share, knowing there was going to be a raid. So I think he sold his share for maybe like five hundred thousand dollars, and then uh, then the raid happened, and this all led into uh, come all, the famous uh, you know, St. Valentine's massacre, and then that uh, the famous mob guy that got shot. He owned a flower shop that was a Jaime Weiss. Got... Jaime Weiss, no, I, I think no. I, yeah, Jaime Weiss was the one that was shot, but it, uh, it, it, oh wait, the Jaime Weiss, I think he was shot, wasn't he, um, at the Holy Name Cathedral? We're trying You're to right. put all this yes. back together. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, that that school there led to all this happening because of that the shady deal that went down. Wow. But it, it's like no matter where you go to Chicago, <laughs> it always <laughs> seems to have a mob tie to it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Jaime Weiss was uh, Al Capone's hitman. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were talking about, you know, there's some paranormal activity at Holy Name Cathedral. I got married at Holy Name Cathedral. And that's when I, Monsignor Lyons, when he was, I don't, he's probably dead by now, but he's the one that married us. And he had talked to us about, you know, this spirit that yeah maybe he's there <laughs> you know he came to the church <laughs> and shot someone oh. wow so um yeah and cafe brower that was a hangout that was an irish mob hangout that's the uh uh lincoln park zoo yeah and they had some yeah. really good pastries too <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little plug <laughs> so okay Tell me about, I know you have experienced bodily harm while you were on an investigation. Tell me what happened. Yeah, this was, I didn't even know it was possible. You know, you see all this stuff on TV, see documentaries, but until it happens to me, that's when I become a true believer. But I, I drove to Appleton, Wisconsin. Matt was not on this investigation. That's before we met. And I walked into the house. And as God is my witness, right in front of the client and, uh, couple of my investigators, something scratched me, ripped me open on the side of the face. I was in the house no more than 30 seconds, maybe 30, 31 seconds. Had been running in front of their eyes. It put a big welt right by my eye, down my face, ripped open my ear, made it bleed, and then a deep scratch down my neck. I have that video. We're going to be posting that video on our website at lawmatters1030.org because it's it's... You can see it. I mean, there's no pretend here. That wasn't makeup. Yeah, you could see it actually swelling up and, you know, turning red as you're watching it. 
Yeah, that actually, to be honest, that's the first time that it happened to me. Uh, you know, something like that. And that, that actually scared me a little bit. But, you know, and someone's like, man up, Dave. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and get the but, holy you know, water like, out and, ble- yeah. and split. <laughs> but uh, it got me again later that night. It, maybe about 2.30 in the morning, we were going to do a, a group, uh, what is called an EVP session, which is basically you ask questions and hopefully you get some answers via the voice recorder, camcorder, and, and you know, equipment like that, where you play back and you listen to see if there's an answer. Wow. So it's pitch dark, and I'm in the, about the same area where I got attacked earlier, and we're about to start, and I'm burning, burning in the neck really bad. I'm like, guys, something's happening. Something's getting me. And so they come with the flashlights, the recorders, and right in front of their eyes, a line of welts formed on my neck. And... uh this time we had the equipment rolling, so uh, during so that time. So you've got, got the evidence. It, I mean, it's there. Yeah, the one you see was the very first time when I walked in the house. The second time, I have. I think I have video and audio, you know, in, in my um, on my hard drive and stuff. It might be on the website too, but yeah, I got a, the very. I remember there was like three or four voices that came came through, and the very last voice was a, a graspy voice. Or, and it said the word rash. Hmm. Something was in, yeah. But I, first time ever I felt threatened that whatever was in that house wanted to do me harm. <laughs> so I admit, you know, I was a, about a four-hour drive or so. Well, it was actually it was in January, so with the snow it took a little longer. I, you know, uh, I think we ended the investigation about four in the morning, and I wanted to get a little shut-eye before driving home. But I, I admit I was a little bit nervous, shut my eyes. I thought I was going to get attacked a, a third time. Yeah, but, uh, that that would be okay. You you were physically attacked. What do you do to offset that? Do you you know? Do you carry a cross? Do you have holy water? You know, yes. a you stake. Know, it, <laughs> it took stuff like that to open my eyes. Okay, stuff like this is uh, possible. It can happen. There's been a handful of times after investigation, stuff followed me home. Thank God, nothing bad or evil. Uh, but now I'm getting footsteps, noises in my house I never had before. So I took someone like Susan, like Susan coached me, the psychic medium, Susan Rowland. Right. Uh, among a, another one I deal with, uh, Lorianne. And uh, they told me what to do to protect myself, uh, protect my teammates, and, uh, you know, the house and everything. So, yeah, now it got me a little more religious where you know i go to church a little more often yeah, i, I bet you do <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know it's, it's sad to say but it picks up like that uh, okay you know i need to uh, need a little more protection so you know for prayer and you know and i'm not here to preach everyone has their own beliefs and stuff like that but so i got a bunch of items blessed that i use in you know, holy water and then I use a lot of sage, uh, Palo Santo, the stuff that Susan was talking about that you... And do you ever tell them when you're leaving a scene, you're not welcome to come home with me, stay here? Always. I I always say that. Okay. And some of them don't listen, apparently, if you've got footsteps (laughs) in your house. Right. (laughs) You know, back then, I don't know, maybe I didn't say it back then, but I I, I surely do now, but... uh, not everyone follows the rules. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen. And it doesn't mean it's bad, And anything that follows you. you know, it could be something that knew you saw it, maybe heard it, and it wants to tell its story. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I'm not saying whatever following back home was was evil or bad or anything like that. It, it wasn't, but it was making itself known. It probably wanted to do some more communication. And, you know, it's, uh, it's tell them, hey, not here, anywhere else, but you can't follow me, uh, you know, come back. I have a wife and do- young daughter. <laughs> the last thing I want is to make life rough for them. Yeah, go home to take different routes, try to throw them off. <laughs> do you remember the man with the hook do you remember that story you don't remember the man with the hook oh okay never mind I'll, I'll tell you it's a long story i'll tell you another time it was just a spooky story that people would tell each other you know the campfire it's dark out the man with the hook and he's coming to get you no he had yeah, a hook you know, for a hand not not that one i had red eye red eye you know, camping stories and um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the other. Yeah, not the man with the hook though. Okay, I'm. We're going to take a quick break. I want you to stay on the line, stay with us, and we'll be back in a few. Colleen here, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. If you see a horse or mule on trail, please give way. They don't need to be spooked and are probably on a rescue mission. This is Nathan Chabin, producer for Law Matters. I have a goal to reach and I need your help. I want to put the DEA out of business. That's right, the Drug Enforcement Agency. If you have an addiction problem or know someone who does, please reach out to lawmatters1030.org and click the DEA tab for more information. Reaching out is the first step. We have the resources if you have the will. You can beat this demon and help me put the Drug Enforcement Agency out of business. This is John, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. Planning a day hike? Start hydrating a few days ahead, bring plenty of water, sunscreen, a first aid kit, and proper clothing. It's the smart thing to do. Hi, this is Sherry inviting you to join Law Matters Live Show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, we talk with Pima County Search and Rescue about current conditions and some rescues that could have been prevented. We can't do this show without your support. Please join our 1030 Challenge. We're looking for 100 people to make a monthly tax-deductible donation of $10.30. Information on lawmatters1030.org. Law Matters Podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and of course, lawmatters1030.org. This is Colleen, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. If you are hiking with children and pets, you need to carry the extra supplies they can't. Remember, one quart of water per person per hour, and when it's half gone, turn around and start down. Daylight is fading and the temperature is dropping. You're not only cold, hungry, and lost in a densely wooded area, you're injured. Time is of the essence. SARSI is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to sarci.org. That's S-A-R-C-I dot org. We need your knowledge, experience, and of course, your generous spirit. Thanks for staying with us. On the phone, we have Chicago Police, Dave Olson, and Chicago Fire, Matt Perry, and we're talking about their side interest of going above and beyond what they normally do every day. I'm into stories. Tell me a story. What what happened lately 
other than, you know, being scratched by something. What happened lately that um, excited you about this um, investigation? I, I tell you, that there's one investigation I wish we could talk about. We, it, it's, it means so much to me. Uh, hopefully one of these days I can. I just don't have the official permission, you know, from the city and everyone else. So I can't get anyone. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But uh, there's, it's, it's, it's a big case, and, and it uh, really means a lot. So I'm hoping to help these victims uh, victims out. I mean, there was uh, several uh, several deaths. But it's, it's going to oh. take multi-follow-ups, and uh, we use uh, Susan uh, Rowland, the psychic medium, is going to do us a favor and, and uh, fly in from Arizona and, uh, and do some cleansing and hopefully move on these spirits. It's... Uh, well, that sounds uh, you know, intriguing. I I, I'm going to, when you are able to yeah, talk I about it, you'll love, come back here I, and talk about it, right? Oh, I would love to. And it, it just means so much. And we got uh, already within the first investigation, we really have, we got names and stuff of victims that came through. And we believe there's 30, possibly 30 out of several that are, are stuck that haven't moved on. We keep on getting the number 30 coming through. We got victims' names that are part of the 30. Uh, was I this just, a tragedy I, I that a happened? I, okay, I'm not going to pick your brain because you're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah. Let's I, talk I, about I, something I, else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this, this one, this one will, be a, will be a good one, and it's very uh, meaningful. But, uh, yeah, it's, this is, might be one of my, my favorite uh, best cases ever, ever handling, especially if we could – do the help uh, that I that I want to. So, and that's what I um, think people don't understand when you get a call, and especially if it's a home, people are are concerned because they've had things happen to them that they can't explain, and sometimes it's scary. So, oh, I, I agree. It, it, it means a lot. We get a call from a client, and it happens a lot. We we get moms, you know, mothers that are scared to death for their home. Like, I'll give you an example. This was a meaningful case, and Susan really helped us out on this one. There was a house, I think it goes back to maybe 2012 or 13, and it made the news. And it was in Downers Grove where where a uh, husband got fired and, and went home, and he snapped, murdered his whole family, including himself. And uh, so whoever bought the property... Um, you know, cleaned it up and then uh, was renting it out. So I get a call from this lady. It's her, her young son, maybe was maybe five years old at the time, and then her husband. And within the first week or two, you know, they moved in, you know, uh, they started ex experiencing stuff, especially the little boy. The spirits were communicating with the little boy the most, and it was scaring him to death. Not doing him any harm, but uh, I think showing himself and, and just, you know, stuff like that uh, to, to women, which scared them. So she started doing research and discovered, oh, my God, we just signed a year lease on this house. You know, what, what are we going to do? And she's crying and, you know, what to do. So, you know, cases like that, you know, means a lot if we could go in there and. Do you do cleansings or do you teach them how to do a cleansing? Yes. I, I mean, if it's something serious like that, I try to get outside help, but I have all the stuff and. You know, between Susan and some of the other psychic mediums I deal with, and then you know, there's also YouTube videos out there that uh, show step by step 
how to do it. But yeah, I have all the stuff to do cleansings. I just don't know if I have the ability to move them on into the light other than talking to them. But Susan and uh, talented mediums like that seem to create that doorway, that light for them to move on. Yeah, that's, you know, beyond my pay grade. I, <laughs> I don't know how to do that either. There, yeah, there are so you know, many but, places in Chicago that are, are considered haunted, like the House of Blues and, you know, St. Michael's Church. That used yeah, to be I, open I, 24-7. I think it's everywhere. No matter where you go, I, I think there's some type of activity. It could be more dormant or quiet, but I think no matter where you go, there's something there. Do they but, still uh, have Matt the fireman's about, mask at St. Michael's? They'd have a mask. St. Michael's used to have a fireman's mask at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Because when we worked the night shift, we'd go over there so we didn't have to get up on Sunday morning. We're a lazy group. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm not sure about that. How about you, Matt? I, um, I thought the the Memorial Day, Memorial Mass is usually at St. St. Michael's? Michael's, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm the opposite of Dave. I'm, I'm not religious at all. There you go. There you go. They're yeah. going to, they're going to catch you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> You're vulnerable. That's it. It's all over for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Okay. What, yeah, what equipment a lot, a lot do you have? Uh, equipment to, you name it. If you've seen on TV, I probably have it. But, yeah, I kind of went nuts. I started buying equipment in 2008. And then once I started getting results, like, oh, my God, there's something to this. 2009, from then on, I kind of went nuts. My wife's probably ready to kill me. You know, uh, but... Uh, there's a homicide yeah, you I, can I, investigate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when uh, UPS comes to make a delivery, I pray that she's at home so I could, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, a new piece coming in, but uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I have all the type of infrared, full spectrum cameras, DVR cameras, handheld. You know, a lot of them are higher end. You know, expensive thermal imaging. Uh, I have four of those. Which uh, how can I explain it? Well, like the fire department uses the thermal imaging, the military, the police. You know, it picks up hot spots, cold spots, and stuff like that. Like, say, if uh, you're looking for uh, a lot of the helicopters have it. Uh, if you're looking for uh, a criminal that's running, um, you, you'll pick up his heat signature. Anything living would be hot, okay. even if it's an animal and stuff. So it's really key uh, to be working an investigation, and there could be rodents or even an outdoor investigation. Like, we heard noises before in the woods, and it was deer. So these thermal imaging will, anything living, like I said, will pick up heat. So you could right away debunk the noises saying, okay, it was a rat running, running by or an animal or something. Or, Has anybody got, ever called and said, you know, I've got this going on and you went over there and, and said, well, that's because, you know, there's an electrical outlet there or, you know, your antenna yeah. for your television or something is setting off whatever. Yes. And this is why it's key to have Matt, uh, Matt's not only a fireman, but he, uh, well, Matt, I'll let you, uh, he's my, uh, one of my main debunking tools like that. Hey, um, yeah, so I, you call me a tool again. Does <laughs> uh, um, no, don't fight. 
I've been, uh, yeah, I mean, with the fire department for 22 years, so I've been in, like, I don't know, thousands of homes. I know, like, the layout before I even walk in uh, on a lot of buildings. Um, also, I've been doing construction for probably longer than that, different constructive project, projects. So, you know, I'm familiar with, like, all the, the bumps and, and noises and, and what effects it can have on people. Um, so I definitely, like... Uh, I try to use that to try to figure things out. You know, somebody's feeling funny. It could be carbon monoxide thing. It could be like, um, you know, just the way something's built. Like sometimes they call it funhouse, funhouse effect where like (laughs) stairs are just a little, you know, the stairs are just a little bit crooked or, you know, so people say, Oh, I feel weird here or something like that. And it just could be carbon dioxide. Yeah. Carbon monoxide. And (laughs) not necessarily that. but. You, you have a leak uh, in uh, people are breathing in this stuff, and it makes you a uh, little del- delusional sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even small trace amounts over over a period of time or or even, um, uh, like, uh, uh, EMF, like, uh, you know, electromagnetic, if, if there's a lot of that, some people are very sensitive to that, and it'll make them feel sick if, you know, there's an electrical problem. That's, that's really leaking out that much so EMF. You basically go go in the house with the EMF meters that have all different types, and you try to get a base reading. So you go through all the rooms, basement, make sure that it's nothing natural causing it, you know, the wiring in the house or, or anything like that. So say um, you go through the house before you investigate, and you're getting zeros, or maybe a 0.1, which isn't bad. And then later that night, now you're getting spikes for no unexplained reasons you know all the power's off and you already went through it you didn't get any readings when you did the base now you're getting moving uh spikes you know just in the air now that possibly could be a spirit coming close to you you know if it's spiking for no unexplained reason but you can't you can't go into a house just saying everything's paranormal you got to do your best go through everything and and if you're left with uh with no answer, then then there's, there's a possibility. Hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> Have you ever had a spirit or felt like a spirit was hanging out to get revenge? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, you know what? Uh, this one made TV. There was uh, a, a, a place in Melrose Park. It was, uh, once again, dealing with the mobsters, Al Capone and stuff, and um, usually when I investigate or when we investigate, usually we don't stir the pot or provoke, especially if it's someone's home, business. The last thing we want to do is make things worse. But once in a while, if we do a location like a, maybe a prison, jail, or... Um, Insane asylum. Or, or a gangster place, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we'll stir the pot, you know, knowing they hate law enforcement. Like this place, it was called Casa Madrid back in the day. It had a couple bars, uh underground tunnels. It, it, it's almost like if you watch Sopranos, they had the strip joints, illegal gambling, escape tunnels, and all that stuff. So oh. that kind of, we went in there, and then you know, I brought some police gear, knowing that uh, they got raided from local police, uh, state police. and So you're FBI antagonizing him. <laughs> yeah, this time I was, admit, because it's no one's home. You know, it's a well-known place, so you know, it's not like I have to worry about you know, 
like, like I said, I don't want to, if it's someone's home, I don't want to do that, uh, or place of business, but, um, this is known for the hauntings. It's been on TV before and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I, I had, I, I tell you, I, I think I got threatened and it could have been by Rocco de Gravi himself. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a <laughs> there was a, sometimes if you do reenactments like that, it will, you know, at certain locations, it, it will get the activity going. Yeah. There was a siren going by outside, you know, and I don't know if it was a police car or ambulance or what it was, but it was the perfect opportunity. And I had some papers in my hand. I had the star and handcuffs. I'm like, search warrant. I'm going to find your money, find your safe, and take it. And then I started getting voices coming through the voice recorders. Some of them were F-bombs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I, I, think, uh, they were, I think they were pissed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that place, that place had so much uh, going. And some of it, there's, there's definitely a, a difference between intelligent hauntings and residual intelligent is stuff that knows you're there to communicate if they want with you like if you ask a question it could answer back if it wants or has enough energy to but there's although also another type of energy which is residual if you're there or not it's going to happen now sometimes like footsteps could be residual energy uh like a time stamp just looping over and over again or gunshots or whatever stuff like that but you know, those parts of the building, especially where the strippers were, you know, we'll walk in with the equipment and a voice recorder or or uh, camcorder captured voices, I, I, I believe to be, how can I say, like the lady of the night offering their services. <laughs> now, I, I can't say on the radio, I'm, you know, what they said, but because uh, I get bleeped or whatever. Okay, but, uh, I appreciate that. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, stuff like that. And, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, where, where is that coming from? I mean, you know, this is what made me, you know, a believer, start investing money. Where is these voices coming from? I mean, I know they're not us, and yeah. it's not outside noises. I mean, you know. Um, is that the same place that had the uh, the rims fall down? The, yes. The tire rims? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you had the owners, uh, uh, the manager of the place, he goes, Dave. I'm here alone, and there's several times I'll hear in the, in the basement, which used to be the two bars, and there's probably bodies buried in the cement. There's people shot and tortured, but you know that old money just mobbed you know, back in the day with the stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. And the owner says, "Man, I'm here alone, and I hear them throwing car rims and stuff down down below, and I run down there, and there's no one there." And you know, he always complained about this, and I got lucky enough where I set up the cameras in the right spot. Was, uh, there was a current stack three high, and the, the two top ones shot off in the, in the middle of uh, the walkway. And oh. uh, so I was able to capture what he was complaining about. And what was it? And did you give, when somebody calls you in, do you are you able to give them the evidence yes, so they uh, can I'll, watch I'll it? Them, right. I, I gave, you know, as long as they want it, I'll give them copies of you know, whatever, all the evidence that we came across or anything they might want. Yeah, I'll definitely share it with them. Okay. So, because that has to be, you know, okay, I'm not nuts. There is something going on in this house that I have no explanation for. Sometimes it's all they want. Sometimes uh, clients will call and say, you know, I don't think it's here to do me harm. I just want to make sure I'm not going nuts. You know, so sometimes we're able to document 
you know, the activity that they're they're claiming. And, you know, and it's like, you know, it's all right. It's not harmful, but we just want to make sure that we're not going nuts hearing these noises or voices or whatever. Well, speaking of nuts, did you ever <laughs> investigate an insane asylum? Yes. Okay, tell me about it. Well, there, there's one um, in Illinois. Why can't I think of the name of it? it it's well known. It's, Danville, uh, the one in Danville? It's uh, past Kinky, oh. Illinois. Um, oh, Sherman oh, Hospital? No, it's not Sherman. Okay. Um, but what happened? Tell us what Ashmore, happened. Ashmore Estates. That's, oh, okay. that's what it's called. Ashmore Estates, yeah. And, uh, yeah, once again, I mean, we're very respectful because, uh, but we'll sometimes do reenactments. Like, uh, sometimes we'll play the part, okay, I'm a victim or uh you know we need a, we need a nurse we need a doctor something's wrong with you know one of our investigators will act like they're sick and i remember you know it's pitch dark in the hallways and we're, we're doing this reenactment and I'm, I'm filming in the hallway while a few other investigators are in the room and acting nurse we need a nurse we need a doctor you know they're calling and i was <laughs> probably like a little kid i jumped so damn high but i heard the <laughs> footsteps running down the hallway getting closer to me and I thought something was going to ram into me. And as it got probably like a foot away from me, I, I probably <laughs> let out a yell and jumped probably like five feet in the air. But, uh, you know, but it, it, something responded. What I a mean, fun hobby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, we're, we're only human. So, I mean, there's exactly. you know, certain things you're not expecting and then boom, it happens. And, you know, the little kid comes out and you, 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 you know, let out a little yell or something or jump. But uh, yeah, most of the time I try to man up, you know. They, you know. <laughs> oh, this is okay. I do it all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, and it's stuff like that. And, and the place I work, uh, my side job, um, it's right college, but the whole grounds was the Chicago State Hospital, the Dunning Institution. And this is what another thing that really got me into the paranormal. I, I've been working there as a side job for probably 27 years doing security. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the college that has nothing to do with the college. It's it's the grounds from when it was the insane asylum. Um, it was like an inner city. It, it was huge. And there's there's stuff that goes on. Um, you know, a lot of voices and activity. They I don't think these spirits know that it ever been you know that it's a college. I think they still see it as. This mental asylum, of you know, course, poor yeah, that's and then there's thousands and thousands of bodies still buried on the premises. Oh, you know, there's all it was a potter's field. It was all John Doe, Jane Doe, and yeah. stuff like that. There's so many places like that, and oh, you know, Matt, Matt was saying earlier the Lincoln Park Zoo. It's the same thing. It wasn't a same asylum, but it was cemeteries, and that's yeah. why the Lincoln Park Zoo is so haunted. Is because there's Probably anywhere from ten to thirteen thousand bodies still buried all around. See, I used to live in Old Town, just off of Wells by the zoo, and yeah, there were so many things that were going on there. But this is some of the things that I think, okay, it's myth, it's folklore, but it kind of isn't. <laughs> this isn't a myth. This <laughs> no, stuff's happening, dude. No variants. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there are so many places. Have you ever been out to uh, St. James of the Sag in Lamont? No, and to be honest, I never heard of that. How about you, Matt? Um, 
No, I have not. Well, he's not religious. He wouldn't know. So, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> now St. James, it's it's the oldest church around there, and, and Father Marquette used to use it. as It's very high, and they used to use it as a lookout for the Sag Canal, you know, to see who was coming. It's right down the street from uh, Al Capone's hideout, and I don't know why they said it was a secret hideout, because everybody knew he was there. <laughs> it was like, you know, okay, the secret's out. And the other thing I I know I told you about was the 1918 train fire. Right. The circus. The circus. Yeah. Yes. That that was yeah. huge. And when I was little, we'd go by that cemetery. Can't remember where it is. Um, Forest Park, the Woodlawn Cemetery. And there's statues of elephants and the circus animals that died. And there was like 50, 60 people that died mm-hmm. in that train wreck. And, and they're all buried there. So there's there's a lot going on there too, and some of them they didn't have names for these people. So uh, yeah. a very active area. You've got a lot of places to check out just in your own backyard. But I would like to you, see you come right. to Arizona. Well, I, I would love to. That's on my to do list. You know, one of these. You know, maybe one day I'll get lucky where uh, I could get uh, some program or some some show, and then they, you know, will uh, pay for the traveling. I would love to go all around. Like I said, we got the mobile command center already. And it is decked out. (laughs) I have all the gear. Yeah, I have all the gear that's needed. So we're like a like a show ready to happen. But uh, you know, if not, there's uh, I'd like to uh, definitely like to investigate locations in Arizona. I I love the mining old western town. Oh yeah, yeah. That's there's so much tombstone. The courthouse supposed to be well. They used to hang people right in front of the courthouse, so you know people are hanging out there too. So, oh yeah, literally, yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of places around here. Old Tucson Studio, that's supposed to be haunted. So I don't know who's oh, haunting yeah. it. There's a lot of people there. So yeah, there's so many different places that you guys at Congress Hotel. We've got a Congress Hotel too. I know you have one in Chicago. Yeah, we investigated the Congress Theater. I've been in the Congress Hotel before. Um, you know, so, some of us investigated like a room or two, but they would never shut down the hotel where we could do the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, that's well known to, to be haunted. But the Congress Theater, more, I guess, it would be the Bucktown area, possibly, uh, like to Milwaukee and Rockwell. Right. Um, yeah, that that place is so haunted. It's, it's, it's made TV once, but... Uh, yeah, there's, and I think it goes back also to the Irish mob. There's rumors that the Irish mob, you know, ran it. The original owners got murdered. Um, but there was a, it's, I probably got some of my best evidence out of there. Oh, wow. The Congress uh, Theater, yeah. Okay, I want to, I could talk to you guys all day long. We could swap stories, <laughs> <laughs> compare experiences, but we're only an hour show. And I want to thank you both for coming on and talking to us. Uh, stay safe in your jobs, your day jobs, but your your hobby you. is very interesting to me. I love it. So yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not here to force this on anyone. Quickly, you know, give them give them across like that. No, Everyone give them your their own opinion and stuff. Give give us your uh, website so people can go look. ChicagoParanormal.com, and then uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, Chicago Paranormal Investigators. But uh, yeah, ChicagoParanormal.com is our website. Okay, well, we'll be getting in touch with you later, 
And until next week, shop local, stay safe. Hi, this is Sherry inviting you to join Law Matters Live Show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, we talk with Pima County Search and Rescue about current conditions and some rescues that could have been prevented. We can't do this show without your support. Please join our 1030